Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, young adventurers, and today we are here with Dr. Dave Heitman. He is approaching 30 years of obsession in the wellness and performance space, fueled by a love of playing sports. Dr. Dave was the kid who dove deep into the science behind performance. This translated into a career focused on coaching mindset, habits and routines and fitness and nutrition and epigenetics, functionality medicines and psychology. From pro athletes to high performance CEOs, Dr. Dave has been there to help guide people through their tough spots. He's been a speaker, author, CEO, researcher and board member through all these vast experiences, he is now putting it all together in a technology platform to help millions of people through digital health. And so without any delay, I'd like to welcome my friend, Dr. Dave. What's hey. going on? Hey, brother. Good to see you, man. Yes, yeah, very good seeing you. <laughs> it's been a minute, man. Last time I was in Austin, Texas, we were uh, getting together, having some uh, barbecue, some music, laughs, and uh, we got a little bit into podcast mode late at night. Uh, while yep. putting some puzzle pieces together and it was an absolute blast so i wanted to have you back on because you've been doing some big updates you've been working hard on some stuff and i just want to get a beat on where you're at man so what's new with you and, and talk to me yeah well it was crazy cool i mean it was i loved hanging out with you that the essential austin classic go listen to some music in a park with a bunch of people fire juggling around us and dogs running everywhere and and some good barbecue that's uh that's the experience that everyone should get when they're here in Austin. So if, if you haven't been here, go to Zilker Park, get Rudy's Barbecue, Franklin Barbecue. There's all sorts of good ones that you can get. Uh, so that's my shameless plug for Austin. <laughs> it was incredible, man. I've never been there before. And like when I got there, man, it, you, uh, you were the host of the most, dude. We went out and we explored a bit of the nature. Uh, you showed us a lot yeah. of like natural foragings and uh, I forget the terminology for it, but you said it's something like um, you kind of work with what's around. You have a bit of background um, in actually working with the land and building the land and cultivating the land. Yeah. So, uh, yeah what's up with that? Yeah, well, I'm a, a, I'm a nature lover, a tree hugger by heart, um, but uh, that has progressed into uh, diving deep into obsession. Uh, I've learned about permaculture and food forests as the, the terms that we now prescribe to, which is using the land in its own natural way to produce for you. And you don't have to till things up. You just grow stuff that all works together and you don't touch it except for when you grab the fruit off the trees or something of that nature. So it's a cool way to have a little bit of a, a hobby farm, if you want to call it that, where you get the massive benefits of getting your ass outside and, you know, hauling logs around and, and touching nature and uh, mm -hmm. experiencing the weather changes, all those things that are actually really healthy for you. Um, but you get to actually enjoy literally the fruits of your labor. So it was incredible. And when I'm around and we, we learned a ton, we explored the nature and yeah, I mean, it's kind of a laissez-faire, lazy farmer, whatever you want to call it. It's, but it was a <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, cool experience. We got to go and explore, which I thought was great. And one of the things I like about what you got is you have a lot of this kind of holistic integrated self, right? You, you very much are integrated yeah. with the land and you're integrated with the people and you, and, and you, and you approach business and all of these things from a kind of a holistic perspective. Can you talk to me a little bit about some of your principles and philosophies when it comes to integrating natural practices with business practices? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I'll actually start up with a story of why I'm that way, because I think that that's actually just as important as to what that actually means, is that uh, for a long time, I thought health and wellness was your workout and diet plan. And uh, when I was going through business, I thought business was business. Life was life. We had to have a work-life balance. And mm -hmm. so with that term, you actually start to schedule things differently. Well, I was so passionate about the business side of things that I completely left my life out of it. And therefore, I lost track of my diet. I lost track of my workout plans and those sorts of things. And my health came crashing down. And through the process of fixing myself, I realized that health is a 360 thing in this integration of mental wellness, mental health, relationship building, business building, all of it's the same stuff. You got to be true to yourself. You got to be your authentic self 
in order to actually grow a business or be healthy. And they're one of the same thing. And, and so through that process, I learned that uh, it was the most important thing to do it all together and use this term integration and think mm-hmm. of it as integration and how can I multi-purpose things. So when I have a little farm here, I work out of my house, we homeschool our kids, we've created a whole life for ourselves around you know, if you want to be selfish or whatever you want to call it, but like we've created this thing around us that we really are passionate about and enjoy. And and the land is part of it just as much as my business is part of it. I take mm. business calls while I'm out barefoot in the grass. And, uh, I, you know, it's in between calls, I'll go lift logs and carry them mm. across the property just for the fact of like changing my physiological state, clearing my mind overcoming roadblocks and challenges that may be coming up. If I get pissed off about something, I can go chuck a rock across the property. Like it's, it's all part of the same. And that's what I was missing in the previous version of myself that I had to go through. So that's, that's Mm. the story leading up to it and a little bit about how it really has spawned together and relationships are the same way. That's super interesting. If you look at the arch that people usually go through. And what you're talking about is that one of these powerful stories that we're all kind of culturally discovering together is that we got into this era of production, right? So originally we were tribal creatures, then we got into agriculture. We shifted from agriculture to the big city life, big city, make money, do things. But then we realized that there's kind of like a, a returning back to the farm and returning back to nature. And we understand that like production and producing and being entrepreneurial is important. But at the same time, if you don't take care of your health, you don't take care of your relationships, you don't take care of your, your kids and your wife, anybody else that's in your life that's important to you, you're really you're missing the juice of life and the flavor of life. Yep. And and I think one of these things is that there seems to be that cycle where people go through and they start discovering. It sounds like you've discovered that and they've been trying to take these practices back to where, you know, when you win, you win on all areas of life versus just saying, yeah. okay, it's all about business. You, you don't need well, to go I'm to a millionaire, but my yeah. family, I'm divorced. I like, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're on all these drugs. You're on all these things. You're just trying to yep. like cope with the You're just coping with the stress instead of like, there's like this, there's like the easy path. And then there's like the hard processing path, right? There's like the, I always look at it kind of like you can burn sugars for that high impact, quick burst, fear induced, let's go. Or you have that slow keto burn kind of, okay, I'm going to do this through the, through intention and love and acceptance and processing. It's like a repression of the energy or like a processing, which is harder to kind of get through. How do you, I, I mean, when you come across roadblocks and challenges where you might want to zig to the easy path, how do you actively choose that more difficult, slow burn keto path along the way? Because it's easier said than done. Yeah, totally. Oh, man, our brains are so hardcore wired to take the easy path in everything. And this is something that even though science has proven this time and time again, we look at human history, it's proven it time and time again. It actually takes a step backwards out of the details to realize that our brains are wired to take the easiest path. And it's such a simple truth that we often overlook it. So mm-hmm. when I was in my sports medicine practice, the way that I would I would say for people for, let's just say they have knee pain, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, the front end of my knee hurts. And I would be like, oh, let's just have you walk up and down the stairs for me. And you could see the motor patterns of their feet that would just take the easiest path up the steps. Well, that's not necessarily the best for your body and you can actually lead to knee pain or hip pain or something of that nature. But consciously our, our, our brains don't think about it. Subconsciously we're wired to take that easy path no matter what. And so it leads down the path of, of difficulty down the road for that short-term gain. So when I started realizing that equation, I started asking myself, okay, what other areas of life are like this. And for me, it was that constant, there, there's actually a couple of categories for me. One is that I was trying to self-medicate when I was unhealthy. I was trying to numb my brain with alcohol. And that was the easy path for me to not have to think about the things that were going on in my life. That was just a stage many years ago that I had, right? So that's one example. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how I came out of that was I started journaling and I started having the realization of this equation. And that Mm -hmm. was where my biggest epiphanies were is that uh, not only for myself, but everyone that I've come across in coaching now 
is to take that step back and breathe and realize that if you constantly live in the busyness of what you're doing, you're never going to get ahead because you're always going to be doing the things that are on fire. So like nowadays when I do my journaling, I break it up into categories of what's on fire, what's my long-term stuff. And I always make sure every single day I'm working a majority of my time on the long-term stuff. And that stuff that's on fire that our brains are wired to think that that's the easy path. I'm just going to write this email quick. I'm just going to sign up for this thing quick. But it's just like the QuickBooks example, right? You can keep paying your bills by paper check, or you can spend the four hours to set up your QuickBooks and have it do automatic payments, right? Like that age old, age old 10 year (laughs) streamlined thing. So you can start to have these awarenesses of stepping back, breathing. You start to see the overall path in business. For me, that has simply been every time I start doing something, I always just take a break, like maybe once a day or once every week where I analyze what I'm doing. And I literally ask myself, is this for the long term or the short term? Am I doing a whole bunch of stuff that's going to make the business bigger? Or am I doing a whole bunch of stuff that's just making the business operate in the short term? And those are when the epiphanies really started happening for me in both life and business. That's really powerful. I mean, reflecting back at that, there's there's a couple of pieces there I want to kind of take a look at. So, So one of the pieces is this. You're saying that you have a process of journaling, reflecting. The first step is becoming aware that it's a pattern. And then yep. being able to then the way of the pattern is that you can build momentum in both directions, right? So one momentum is kind of the robbing Peter to pay Paul situation where because I'm unhealthy, I'm going to take unhealthy ways to get more energy. And then I'm going to continue yep. to take more unhealthy ways to get more energy. And then you have less energy. And so then you take more unhealthy ways to get, and then you're digging this, this sand pit of lack of energy. And, and every time you, you hack the system, you dig, another yep. shovel full out and then you find yourself and then you have to crawl yourself out of there and be able to actually choose that path which is the journaling the reflecting the understanding and then go okay what's a more holistic way that i can take this step and then building that momentum on the other side is you get clear and you go okay this is on fire and this is important and you have to actively choose ahead of time i'm going to work on what's important today not what's on fire and i will get to the yep. fire but I refuse to allow myself to take that easy fire focused path because it's on fire. And so you're able to actually then build momentum and stack that momentum into the direction that ultimately serves you to where you now have a, a downfall or you're at, you're, you have the wind against your back versus actually pushing you down. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. So how would you recommend this for other people that first, you know, for them to get aware that this is an issue is journaling the step or what do you think are a couple couple of steps for them to kind of mimic that process it's it is listening to this stuff right it's mm-hmm. continually listening to those things i mean it took me probably two to three years to figure out that type of mania that i was having on myself and mm-hmm. it was just the constant source of information of podcasts and books and things of that nature. And there's there's no one book that's going to save you. There's no one podcast that's going to save you. It's the repetitive habit of it, mm-hmm. of what I like to call thinking of your thinking. And if you constantly think about your thinking, then you start to find the podcasts and books that are going to help you even better. One of the big beefs that I have with the personal development Uh, sector of the world is that it's a lot of books that tell you you're not good enough and it's a lot of books that keep you busy and you don't Mm -hmm. even realize that they give you big to-do lists and they give you big task lists and things of that nature they try to get you journaling in all sorts of different ways and a lot of times people who are already too busy can't implement those things into their life they can't implement that workout routine they can't implement the journaling they can't implement the 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 fun and the games that they need to or the downtime simply because they don't have the awareness that they're doing the busyness that is keeping them stuck there and Mm -hmm. so it's that awareness that they're doing the busyness if you constantly find yourself here's here's a couple of key indicators let's just say mentally at work if you are constantly telling people you're too busy that's a sign that you're not doing the right stuff. Mm. If you're constantly looking at your schedule and it's overbooked, 
uh, or opposite of us not booked at all, <laughs> you're not doing the right stuff towards uh, towards what you're supposed to be doing. From a physical standpoint, if you feel like you have to have a pot of coffee and M&Ms or whatever the candy jar is that the two o'clock uh, two o'clock crash happens and you're grabbing out of the candy jar, those are all the big, huge indicators that you are living your life in the busyness and that you have no awareness of what's going on around you. So that, mm. like I said, that awareness of those types of habits will get you keyed into, okay, so how can I make this different? And instead of trying to make something big and complicated, which is what most people do, they're like, oh, they wake up one day, they realize they're over the weight, overweight, oh, I'm going to lose weight today. Great. And they go out and they spend an hour researching weight loss plans. They sign up for a big expensive program. It tells them this and they have to go buy all this food and change out their pantry and, and learn how to cook and learn how to shop and all these life skills that literally take years to develop. They're trying to cram down into one week. Three or four weeks later, they can't keep up with it and they're wondering, oh, God, I'm a failure. And so that's where yo-yo weight loss happens. That's where yo-yo journaling happens. That's mm -hmm. where yo-yo business planning happens. Well, that's one thing that's actually really important is because there's there seems to be a cyclical cycle. And I don't know what it is, but I'm going to call it like the dark side of flow. And, and I'm just making up that term right now. <laughs> but but you know what I'm talking about? So the flow is you, you struggle, you rest, you recover, you go again, and you struggle, you rest, you recover, you go again. But the dark side of this is you feel like there's like, there's some sort of gap in your life, right? So you recognize you're overweight, you recognize there's mental illness, so there's some sort of thing going on with you. So then you put in a whole bunch of massive action, you feel like, oh, I've got it handled. And then you forget about it. And you fall off the ball until you yep. feel bad. and You find yourself in that pit again. And that's kind of like this, this dark side that floats around where people never actually progress. They do just enough to not be uncomfortable. So how do you, what advice would you give to people to not get stuck in that pattern loop where they're constantly spinning around in circles where they're just, they're just, they just want to stay out of the pain of not feeling bad and they put an effort until they can't take it and they break. Right. So what, how would you suggest that they break that cycle? Yeah, that's a great question. It is one that has taken me a long time to figure out the answer to that question. And uh, one is there's good specific advice that I'm going to say, go for a 20 minute walk every day, right? That may work mm -hmm. for some people, but it may not work for some people. But there's a fundamental truth that is there. That fundamental mm -hmm. truth is that you have to start with one at the most two things mm -hmm. and you have to repetitively do them for 90 days. And it could oh. be something that has to be super simple, has to be something like, okay, I've got this water, <laughs> this water bottle, <laughs> get it in front of the camera here. I've got this water bottle and I'm going to mm. drink four of those a day for the next 90 days. Mm. And what that does is that changes everything about your world. It literally mm -hmm. instills habits, it instills physiological change, it rewires your brain, uh, and like all of the things. This is where it's, this is what I like to call epigenetic change. So we're all born with our DNA. Mm -hmm. That's a certain expression type. But what we do to our body is the expression of that DNA. And it takes 90 days of assaults on our body with something, ah. whether it be positive or negative, for our body to actually make the change at the epigenetic level to make mm -hmm. that as a sticking pattern. So the big problem in weight loss that everyone instinctively knows is I go on a, a month-long diet or a 30-day detox. Mm. That's actually not enough time to signal to your DNA to express the proteins different in your body to make a lasting change. So in other words, the chemical profile that before your detox was there is still the same after the detox. You're not increasing the fat metabolism enzymes and all of those sorts of things that that end up you have to do something for that 90 days that's super interesting so is this something around like neuroscience and creating neural pathways and then being able to go through this and then you you form those is that is that similar one, or how one step deeper yeah that that is so at the epigenetic level is the base and then you're re-establishing neural pathways with that so the epigenetics of those nerves have to change to allow mm -hmm. rewiring to happen in the mm. long term now there's some slight difference like right if we take psilocybin we know that it kind of rewires our brain 
And that's actually making disconnections, reconnections in a chemical way. Um, mm. But that is essentially what we're talking about. At the root level, everything's about epigenetics and the expression of the, the chemicals in our body. Got it. Yeah. So the epigenetics are basically the switches of our genes that turn on based upon our environment. Because one of those big things was kind of, is it nature or is it nurture? And we've come yeah. to find out it's both, right? It's, it's both. It's, yeah. It's the environmental and it shapes our nature. And then, but we can kind of, we can choose a better path, which is ultimately what a lot of this hero's journey stuff is, is to continually choosing that grind, that pain. I mean, one of the big challenges I've seen with um, heroes on this path, I'll ask you about this is the willingness to embrace boredom. The willingness yeah, to say, yeah. oh, you know what I'm talking about? So you have like, okay, hey, I could stay and I could study and I could learn and I could apply those skills. But then someone calls you up and goes, let's go have fun. Let's go get yep. wild. Let's go let's, let's go knock you off your horse. I know you're on day 14, but come on, man. It's just one day. You can get wild, right? And, yep. and how, do you, how do you get people to constantly re-choose that boredom over the fun that quick easy button is it could they can they just have those one or two things that they do for 90 days or or it will like what does that look like in terms of embracing fun i see you fell into yeah, yeah you fell oh, into my master plan trap no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> this this honestly literally is the fundamental question that we're solving in authentic mm -hmm. my new digital health company and oh, please explain yeah 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 the the reality is is that uh life is boring work is boring and most of what we do is unpassionate and most of what we try to do when we think we have to get healthier when we think we have to lose weight or we think we have to do this one business practice mm -hmm. most of the time it's because we're not finding the joy and passion in things and we're doing the wrong steps to get to that so yeah. that's why it's boring and that's why it's mundane if we do a weight loss program where we have to go to the gym and you just hate going to the gym every day mm. you're never going to succeed at it so authentic is about finding those things that bring you joy and passion and then how can you put all of the pieces together in simple little habit changes that you can do on a regular mm. basis that you find fun and that is the true meaning of getting healthier. Got it. So when you're talking about authentic, you're saying if you're doing an activity and you find it to be absolutely boring, you find it to be uh, soul crushing, as some people would say in the space, then really being able to say what you're doing, it, you're doing it wrong, whatever that thing might be, right? Because there's a thing yeah. where some things aren't inherently great. You have a goal, like maybe you want to be uh, Mr. Olympian or you want to have some sort of thing and, and you you have a uh, a path and one of the things i've heard and it's, i don't know if this is contradictory to what you're saying but they say a professional is someone who does what they love to do when they don't love to do it and how does that relate and counter it, to what you're saying it is the same because they they love the end result they love the end goal and so therefore mm -hmm. that's that's what they're talking about those those habit things like if you want to mm -hmm. win the super bowl you have mm -hmm. to go to the gym every day if you want to be Mr. Olympia, you have to go to the gym every day mm. because that is the nature. So then you start to find that joy and passion in that aspect, which is why those athletes choose that path. Mm. But to the, the average person, they're not trying to be a next Mr. Olympia or winning the Super Bowl. So 99% of the population can't fall into those types of thought processes they have to look at things like let's just say business mm. if you make a million dollars in business yay congrats now you need to make 10 million right because mm. you have to keep growing because you're either growing or shrinking right so yeah. there's a there is no super bowl in business there is no end thing and so the the joy and passion that you need is in your mission and your vision and the story and the people that you're around and and all of those sorts of things this is why businesses for money are so hard to get off the ground you know, mm -hmm. one or two people in the company want to make money. And so they hire 60 to 100 people who are unpassionate about making that money. And they're just showing up for that job. When we look at things, if as a normal person who's not going to the Super Bowl, we have to mm -hmm. find those companies that we want to work with and work for and people we want to work with and work for. And uh, then that brings us our joy and passion in doing some of the things that we have to do. Because mm. then we can have gratitude that we're working towards that.
Got it. So then there's 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 a price to be paid. So saying, okay, I want to be whatever the thing might be. I want to be a movie star or an influencer. I want to do this thing. And there's certain things that I love about it. But then I understand that if I want to be at that 99 percentile, the very top of the list, I got to be willing to do things that other people aren't. And so I need to reflect back and look at that and say, I have an identity around these activities. And this is something I'm on the grind versus most people are just trying to be healthy and fit and happy yeah. and well off. And so in that case, you recommend to go throw rocks and pick up logs and to do activities yeah. that would resonate with them. That is much more primitive and natural that that would actually get them back in their body and out of their head. Is, is that kind yep. of what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most people are going to find passion in going for simple walks. Most people are mm -hmm. going to find passion in going and sitting on a boat with a few friends. And that mm -hmm. can be just as healthy as someone going to the gym. You just mm -hmm. have to make it that way. Like you going back to that, we're streamlined to choose the easiest path. You don't necessarily have to choose the easiest path. You can lift your coolers and carry mm -hmm. them and you don't have to put them on the wheels and roll them. You, you like, mm -hmm. there's so many things that, that we've streamlined in society for the sake of people who just want to take the easiest path. If we don't necessarily take that easiest path, it's that I love going out and hauling rocks, but I love the fact of the farming. And so therefore I enjoy hauling the rocks because I feel good after Got that makes it. sense. Yeah, it almost sounds like what I'm hearing you say, and correct me if I'm wrong in this one, is you're talking about these micro efforts. Yeah. You, you know, you did small micro efforts. Okay. You know, instead of taking the escalator, walk up the steps. Instead of yep. doing, you know, instead of getting the coffee, you know, go for a walk outside. And just there's all these, you know, a thousand little choices throughout the day that you can choose that when right. compounded and stacked, not only in one day, but over time, you're really giving someone a, a completely different life where you veer off into a different direction because you've chosen a slightly different angle. Yeah. yeah. And, and to a point, like the, the walking the stairs thing in front of the elevator, we've all heard that a million times and, and almost yeah. no one does it, right? Yeah. So it's uh yeah i'm very i'm very realist but i have to i've had over ten thousand patients i know every excuse that i know everything that's been taught in society right not everything literally but yeah. um it's, it's one of those things like in order for someone to start taking the stairs instead of the elevator yeah. they have to find the passion why and maybe it's something like they give themselves permission to um listen to their favorite audiobook while they're doing that and that brings it fun augmented mm. reality is going to change the game this is where authentic uh my company we're building mixed reality mm. we're gamifying life because of this if you can imagine a pokemon go going up and down those stairs mm. and you can mm. imagine competing with your friends going up and down those stairs well suddenly there's a purpose behind something suddenly mm -hmm. there's that inspiration and that joy yeah. and that fun in it and and that is what i think is the next evolution of health and is the next evolution of business got it so making the hard things a little bit easier to go by making it more fun making it more engaging yep. and find some way to kind of leverage what it is people want to do and what yep. they should do and kind of merging those two realities together yeah yeah, yeah. what in terms of that and one of the things that reminds me of, there's a there's a game called zombie run uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you and so you you run for your life in a post-apocalyptic world where you're in an audio world, right? And one of the things I really believe is that one of the first virtual realities that kind of crept into our pockets that we're unaware of right now is the audio reality. We are so many people live in a completely different virtual world of an audio world with podcasts, with everything, because it's so easy to be driving your car or mowing your yep. lawn or, or doing anything that you're literally living in a completely different audio world because you're listening to an audiobook or a podcast or music or Spotify or whatever it might be. And it's kind of crept up in our pockets that we aren't even aware that we are almost all living in this completely different reality. And it's just kind of like a warm bath slowly being turned up over time. Yeah. Um, which it seems to be where we're going with that. And so with you and with the, what you're doing with the authentic, um, your authentic self is that, so what is the pathway that you're taking to kind of guide people in merging these realities? What does that look like for you and your company? Yeah. So, well, let's take the simple example, just piggybacking off of what you were just saying, the audio immersion yeah. component of it. Yeah. One of the things that I trained myself on is that I, when I had lost my health, it was 
painful for me to go for a walk. I was like, I had lost my health so severely. My, my bones were literally breaking. I had some sort of weird, crazy muscle fatigue, pain, joint swelling. It was just super uncomfortable. I could barely make a 20 minute walk. And, uh, one of the things that that saved me around that aspect was getting plugged into the audio podcast that inspired me and i just for me i'd put the headphones on and as you're walking you get lost in that immersion of visualizing what the person was talking about and then you suddenly forget that you're walking right Mm. so like these are the types of things that these next generation of digital health companies are all going to start getting into we're an early adopter of it just because I have had these epiphanies through my health career uh, as a doctor and, and teaching people. And uh, it, it's one of those things that it's easy to, I don't want to say trick the brain, but it's easy to um, teach the brain new habits when we're doing those multiple dimen- multiple dimensional things that our brain enjoys. And that's mm-hmm. why we have to say this is a unique thing for you. It's a unique thing for me. I enjoy podcasts about like Tim Ferriss and biohacking and business books and all of that kind of stuff. So for me, when I listen to that stuff, my brain goes into the amazement wonderment world and I can Mm. walk, I can run, I can lift, I can do all those sorts of things without thinking about the pains in my body. Someone else is going to be completely different. They're going to need a murder mystery to do that. And they're going to need to be on completely flat ground. You know, so there's all sorts of personalization that's coming. And, and that's what we're trying to achieve. See, that that's one thing that's super interesting. I've, I've noticed we've kind of gone into this. We go to, you know, the one-to-one tribal creatures, right? Then we're going, you know, up and up and up. And then we had this mass consumption, right? This uh, one-size-fits-all. You're in a big city. Here, you know, here's your... Everybody fits in this box, take this box. And I feel like we're shifting through the power of AI and all these things that we're talking about. We're getting this, like, personalized, customized medicine that is going to be very effective to you in a holistic form and so uh it, you know how are you leveraging some of these more high-tech things to deliver more personalized medicine to people or more therapies this is the beauty of two years ago i set out on my path to start creating authentic because what i started seeing as <laughs> everyone laughs at this uh i started playing roblox with my kids <laughs> and uh saw the potential of like these new worlds that were being created yeah. and and to see my kids uh um and and at that age so two years ago they're, they're seven and eight that mm-hmm. they had a passion to build businesses on roblox already at that age they just enjoyed oh, wow. like building the pizza shop and like working the things and I would just sit back in amazement and be like, huh, we really are in an age where everything can be personalized. This is this huge world where everyone builds the things that they want to see come to life. And so that got me like, oh, can I look into this? And I'd always been into digital health. I've been coaching athletes and CEOs for a really long time using all the different health devices out there. And mm-hmm. so I started asking myself, well, let's look into the back end of these things. And I started looking at algorithms of the different digital health companies. And what I started realizing is that the technology was there. All these great pieces are together. They're just not putting them together in this way. They're putting it all together to try to fit into the healthcare system, which is what's your risk of heart attack? What's your risk of COVID? Those sorts of things. And I looked at it and I said, wow, we have all these powerful algorithms, powerful AI, powerful machine learning. Why can't we put this together so that you as an individual can start to figure out what works for you? And we should be able to see a positive change in your HRV, your sleep, all of the different biometrics that we can measure. We should be able to see a positive change in your user input and and how much you get engaged into something. And so that was the questions that I started asking myself and solving. And one thing led to another, and we popped up a technology company, and and here we are rocking and rolling with uh, amazing, beautiful, connected API Web 3.0 world. <laughs> <laughs> That's so beautiful. I mean, this journey, because I remember talking with you in the beginning when you are sitting on this journey, because we've been friends for a yeah. while, and you said, hey, I'm on this journey. Here's where I got. And, uh, and I mean, you were very dead set on what you wanted to do. And I mean, you went on a journey where you're doing like customer validation and you went through a whole process and then you end up going to like an incubator. I mean, can you talk to me a little bit about the journey you've gone to get from just, cause a lot of people start off with an idea, but it, it takes, it takes really, um, people don't really understand the distance it is from back of the yeah. napkin to actually running a company. 
and that journey yeah. that it actually takes and the importance of all the things that you need to do. And there's certain steps that kind of help fast track that. So can you please share yeah. a little bit of that journey and lessons and insights? Yeah. And, and it's really funny. I was actually thinking of this yesterday to write an article about this is that the missing link of product market fit is that mm -hmm. so two years ago, I knew there was a problem in digital health. I knew it was easy to solve. And originally it was like, oh, I wonder if I could build a coaching platform that would give better insights and make meaning of the data coming from uh, the, uh, the individual so that a coach could guide them around insights. Okay, cool. And then so I started looking into that and I started realizing, oh, well, there's, there's no one really at that time, there's no one doing it. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I'd ask a few of my friends, would you like, they're like, eh, you know, it wasn't all that great. So product market fit for me over this past year has been uh, this aspect of, I have this foundational idea. I know what inspires human action. It's fun. It's personalized. It's, it's all these things, right? Categorized in buckets. And it took me maybe five different iterations of talking with people before mm -hmm. I built a single thing. Five iterations of, hey, I'm doing this. What do you think about this? I'm doing this. What if, if I did this, what would you do? And you talk to 50 of your friends, 100 of your mm -hmm. friends. And uh, through that process, I even won a, a full ride scholarship to Draper University in uh, Silicon Valley. So I went to a, a six-week uh, accelerator there. I got to mm -hmm. meet all the, the Silicon Valley VC investors. And, and even through that process was a whole iteration of my product. And the mm -hmm. past couple of months have really just turned into this solid approach that we're uh, uh, we're helping people in the workplace with productivity, mm -hmm. and we're gamifying life through that. And and the end result of that meaning the the original concept is still there, but now this is what people are resonating with out in the marketplace. And it took a while to get there, and it takes a lot of talking to people about it. And most entrepreneurs give up too early. Because mm -hmm. all you hear is no or, oh, oh, cool. You know, most people don't tell you to go fuck off or, you know, say no. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and you have to read those. You have to you have to understand that that is a if someone's not getting excited about what you're talking about, even though you think it's a good idea, the market's not going to think it's a good idea. And so too many people think of that idea. They build their product and then they try to sell it. Yeah. And that is a big chasm. I've, I've seen that multiple times. I was doing some coaching literally early today um, with a, a virtual reality developer that did the same thing where they, they have an idea. They're like, I want to do a thing. And we're like, okay, you need to talk to some people, get some validation, move through a path. And then I come and check up on them a month later. And they're like, okay, yeah, we want to raise investment. We want to do this thing. I go, okay, have you talked to people? They're like, yeah, well, mm. and it's like, okay, go back to square. It's like trying to yep. get people to walk that path because that, that talking to people, it's so hard because you feel like it, it's like, it's like a difficult conversation walking that fine line of having the conversation and realizing that you're right. Not a lot of people are going to throw rocks at you. And, and not a lot of people are going to just shove money in your hands, but you got to pay attention to the nuances and go, okay, well, how do I, how do I get this person to fall in love with this thing, even though maybe I don't have something built or whatever the thing might be. And that finding that product market fit is so critical. So, so for you, it was with uh, production in the business and workplace. Is that what your market fit is or? Yeah. 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 Our market fit is, is we've launched some corporate services and uh, with it, this is how I knew it was successful, right? I'd been talking <laughs> with people for two years about this. <laughs> Everyone's like, eh, all right. I start talking about some corporate solutions of, of well-being. Digital empathy <laughs> is one of the things that we hold a patent on and, and we're going to be providing digital empathy for for people. And at first mm -hmm. we just talked about it as people, right? Oh, this is a, uh, an energy platform. We're going to fill your bucket up we're going to give you momentum, all of those sorts of words that I like to use and I'm passionate about, and I want to spew my passion onto other people, but that just wasn't landing for people. It yeah. is just, there's, it's too far gone for the general population, but they understand productivity. And as soon as I started relating it to the workplace, productivity, work-life integration, people mm. started resonating with it. And now people are lining up to pay the thousands of dollars for their corporations, for the employees, mm. because they realize in this day and age, 
There's 89% burnout rate in young business professionals. There's so many things. There's only two hours and 53 minutes that the average employee is, is productive per day. And now that we're working from home, people are having a hard time balancing of their kids are asking them to stuff to do and things of that nature. They like it working from home and it's a great thing. And I, I, I want to make that expand out. But the corporations need to understand how to actually help support that individual in a way that they can be constructive and give them the, the work-life integration that they need. See, that's a really powerful statement. If you look at that in, in terms of the, the solving a problem versus taking a solution and trying to shove it down people's throats. Yep. Right. And that's that's our thing is people say, here's my solution. And then you're coming from the perspective of you and using the words that you use and using the concepts that you use. And the, and the thing is that they don't resonate with that. And people are like, I don't understand. And if you can't show them a reason for them to grasp it and they, you can't speak, it's like you're unlocking the keys, the brains, their hearts, their minds, their wallets yep. by using their words, by using the understanding. So, okay. But you understand if you do this, Right. If you could say, okay, you can go on my path, my old path where I was highly successful in business and then burnt out and broke down my body. And then much like all much like me, all of your employees are going to quit. Everyone's going to leave. The whole place is going to get fired. You're going to ruin your marriage. You're going to ruin your life. All these things go terrible. Right. Or you can choose this more holistic path, which is a little bit slower. It takes a bit more time. But along the way, you can sustain and you can increase your focus and you won't be you won't fall pattern to where you start to dig this sand pit of um, of the I'd say like the dark side of flow. I don't have a better term for it. yet. But I'm gonna keep, I'm it's, gonna keep, it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep playing around with that idea. But I, but I, I love that idea of digging, digging that sand pit because um, but you're right, like being able to find that that key mechanism where people can make a there's like this um, uh, making it make financial business sense for holistic. So you're kind of like tricking people to be healthy by showing that there's a bottom dollar attached, which is, I mean, it's true. Um, but at the yep. same time, it's also a powerful because it's what they need to hear in order for them to do what they, they need to do. Yeah. Right. So human nature is we want to find purpose in our lives. Like we, mm -hmm. we have to have a couple of things to be human. We have to have a sense of community. We have to have this sense of purpose. We have to have work. And, mm -hmm. you know, work got so skewed in the past 50, 60 years because of the, our corporate system and, and structure and things like that. It didn't support work. And so work turned into this horrible term. But the reality is, is that we all want to work at some level. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we have to be able to find that balance in, the, in that integration, that uh, support system, that that actually makes it fun and passionate towards what we're doing. Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing is that there's there seems to be there was like a separation. You know, we again, I'm going back to the village theme. We're all together yeah. working in the village, all working together, friends and family and purpose. And I'm doing this for the betterment of the village, all that stuff. And then somehow we got disconnected and we started working for uh, groups and organizations and people. Then we had the separation between family and business. And it seems like we're, we are getting back to that family yeah. integrated ecosystem where we're all connected and we're doing it because there's a deeper set in media. I mean, there's also, it has to be productive. It has to generate revenue. It has to be able to do these things, but being able to find deeper meaning by integrating your personal life into it, um, both the, you know, the internal models and internal belief systems, as well as the external family members and everything else is, it seems to be critical. What do you think are some of the unseen threshold guardians preventing people from doing this type of stuff. What are the things that if people want to do this, they don't see it, there's going to be some roadblocks along the path that are going to block them or prevent them, even though they may want to and they see it, they can't actually get there because they end up falling back into the old traps. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of it is, well, gosh, I could talk for hours just on this question. Um, it's, a, it's a societal thing. It's a work thing. It's a family thing. It, a lot of it is, is that, unfortunately, when you start to go down a path, because of that simplicity that we talked about in the first part of the hour, mm -hmm. is that it's easy to get comfortable. And so because of that, we surround ourselves with the people who make us comfortable, the workplace that makes us comfortable, the, the community that makes us comfortable. And the reality is that we live in a day and age where you can change all of that in an instant. You can go get a job. And, and it's such an interesting conversation in these days of literally you can create your own life that you want to. Mm 
we closed down our sports medicine clinic. We converted a school bus into a tiny home for a year and traveled the country for a year, right? And that was a purposeful decision towards something. It you can uh, you can change your community. You don't have to live in that that shithole like area that you keep complaining about. Yeah, like mm -hmm. you can literally move and you can go out into the country. You could go anywhere. There's cost of living things that you can go and move to another country. Now we have the means to do all of this type of stuff. And, and no one, no one technically, unless you let them can hold you back. You mm -hmm. can create your own business on the internet. You can work from home. You can work. I, I just had this great conversation with, uh, uh, an amazing CEO. She is a, uh, uh, remote work uh, remotely, I think is, a, is the company mm. name, but it's a, a job placement, remote job posting uh, thing for that started off as uh, moms who had kids who wanted to work from home and it's a job board for them. And now it's grown into a big marketplace of jobs. Um, but it's just the point being is that you can literally go do anything that you want right now. Mm. So it's really only your own thing holding you back of that simplicity that uh comfort level and so you just have to ask those questions to get out of that man you know i uh i completely resonate with that and, and people don't understand that they're one decision away from a wildly different life you know mm -hmm. the thing right but they don't really make there's like this thing where like they don't they would rather be in pain they would rather be in suffering and be in comfort than they yep. would to actually choose the great unknown and that's the thing is that it's like for you you sold your business you sold your stuff you got into a school bus you converted a school bus and then you drove around to go explore and really expand who you are which is crazy because when you do that and you go to those places you you no longer there's no old patterns one of the reasons why i love to travel yeah. is all of your patterns are broken you can't go to the same starbucks you can't get the same items you can't visit the same people it is it is fresh and is new and then you have to adapt to those environments versus setting up this warm bath of environment that you can kind of just sit in yep. and you know order amazon to your house every two clicks so what were some lessons uh diving into the school bus journey that you went on <laughs> like yep. what, are some, what are some things that you saw and some insights some aha some revelations that you saw as you're traveling around that you took with you and you keep and you reflect upon even today yeah uh i mean there was there was so many of them and it and because there was epiphanies to make the school bus happen it was the epiphany that we were in control of our own destiny uh and all of the things that we just talked about that was a mantra that i had to say to myself for a year we're in control of our destiny we literally can do anything we want still took a year to do that uh so getting onto the school bus traveling yeah. around uh we realized quite a few things from um I would say self-ownership standpoint of how easy it actually is without all of the modern conveniences. So we had a five gallon bucket as our toilet. We didn't, we didn't convert, we did this on purpose. We didn't put electricity or running water or plumbing into the bus. And so we went to the bathroom in a composting bag in a five gallon bucket we just had two of them one for number two one for number one because you can't mix the two because that's when you get the bad smell stuff um so what we what we really took away from that is we are way more adaptable than we ever thought we could be we are such resilient humans it's so amazing and the nature of doing that uh brings such balance when you go to the extremes of this way and then the extremes of this way you can find that midpoint of what you need and what you want so we had the empire then we went down to nothing and we lived by candlelight and we didn't have technology we didn't have running water and now we found our middle okay cool we're going to live in a medium-sized home we're going to move my parents down here. We're going to farm. I want some chins. I'm going to grow some of my own food. We're going to pickle. We're going to ferment our own foods. And, and all of those sorts of things we learned by having the both extremes to mm -hmm. now be happy and actually joyful and purposeful with every interaction that we have in our daily life. 
You know, that's so interesting. Uh, one of the things I've, I've noticed is that, you know, you're, you're willing to let go of a certain identity, a certain way of being. And then by doing that, you actually make more progress. So some people are like, I don't want to, I don't want to quit my job because I, I'm trying to build something. I don't want to, I don't want to do this because yeah. I'm, I'm afraid to let go. And because of that, they kind of, they create this world of suffering and this world of lack of meaning, a lack of purpose, uh, a lack of uh, belief in oneself because they're not willing to let go of who they are for who they could be. And that yep. ability to let go of your identity and go go to a school bus, and then from the school bus yeah. to to this place, to this, to Draper University, Draper University to and you and you and you're constantly shifting. By that, you're kind of expanding. Like I almost think of it as like a bubble that if you don't do anything, this bubble surrounds you. It shrinks around you over time. This bubble <laughs> yep. covering, and you've got to push out with effort and explore all the areas of it so that you have expansion. And then you can kind of go, oh, I like this area of being. And it seems like you found a balance between the two. You had extreme one, extreme the other, so that you could kind of dial it in that area that yep. actually makes you feel the most alive, which is great, which is let's, let's, I want to tie it and bring it back to the authentic self, right? I want to bring it back to that. And so how did yeah. those lessons from the school bus and Draper University and understanding and discovering who you are and those identities lead into you helping others along that similar path? Well, that, that's exactly, that's why we're calling our company Authentic, is that mm -hmm. literally when you find your authentic self, and you mm -hmm. have to go through the challenges of that, you have to understand the ups and downs, the pendulum swinging to find your authentic self. Once you become authentic with yourself, you automatically become healthy. It's not hard mm -hmm. to do the things that you need to do to stay healthy. It's not hard to build the business that you want to or work for the company that you want to. It's not hard we homeschool our kids. Everyone thinks, oh, how do you do that? Now that they've experienced it through the pandemic, it, right? They want to, uh, it's not hard to homeschool because we chose that. And, and yeah. that is our authentic self. And we can stand up for ourselves when people attack us for that. We have no issues with it. It's meaningless to us. When people mm -hmm. say, on the other end too, when people get super excited about it, like, oh, I'm passionate about homeschooling. We're like, cool, good for you. Right. Mm -hmm. We found our authentic self and we're we're good with that. So the reason why we call this authentic is that you get there, then you can progress your life forward the way that you want. That's super interesting. Yeah. I think a lot of people, there's this kind of false, false bravado of being something that you're not, and then hoping that other people will confirm your identity. You know, uh, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like you're like, oh, okay, I'm I, am I good at this? Am I good enough for this? you accept me here? And I think a lot of people have this fear, especially coming online, talking about pooping in buckets or any yeah, other right? things that are going on, right? <laughs> people have this fear, right? What are people going to say? What are they, what are they going to do? Right. And, and when you are completely congruent and you know yourself stronger than the opinions of others, right? You are able to stand and the, the winds might change and they might blow left, right or standard, but you're like, I got it. I know where I'm at. I know what I want. Yep. I know myself better than your opinions. And so thank you very much. And I, and you can either way it great, but I am who I am. And I think that's really beautiful. You're helping people discover this for themselves and maybe they don't have to go on a bus ride for a year. Exactly. Yeah. And, and explore these things. What, what is your, what, I mean, what is your Holy grail for this? Like what is your ultimate vision for authentic self? Yeah, our mission is really simple. It's to help gamify life and, and have fun, purpose, and joy. I want everyone to fill their own bucket up. And that that is, like I said, in that unique way, you are going to become the expert of yourself. You are going to find your purpose and your joy. You're going to be excited to wake up. Nice. Okay, so you're helping people find their purpose, their joy by gamifying life, helping them find their authentic self, helping them kind of level up and kind of figure out what they need to do to, to really find out what's within that so that they can they can have that purpose. If that is if that is your holy grail or if that is your mission, what you're doing authentic self, what is the dragon? What is the thing that you feel that is your your greatest battle? that you don't know if you can overcome, that is a challenge for you to actually be able to get past, to be able to make this mission come true. Yeah, for business or me personally? <laughs> for, for business. There's lots the of mission. dragons. There's lots of dragons yeah, floating yeah, around. Got it. Nah, back country. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah what, what, for, for the business, for authentic self, for the mission of the vision for us and authentic self, what is that dragon? 
Yeah, it simply is that uh, even investors, what I've learned over this past year, even investors fall into the simplicity in following the herd tribe. And right now in digital health, everyone is trying to go that healthcare route, and we're not. We're trying to sidestep the industry. We're not trying to disrupt healthcare. We're trying to sidestep it, gamify life, and, and it's. I personally think it's a much bigger industry. So investors, the dragon is, is that getting them to understand that we're not going to fall into the traditional sellout to healthcare down the road, that, yeah, we're still going to be on this path to IPO. We're still going to be on that, that same trajectory. It's just that we're not going to sacrifice the internals of the business and the algorithms and all of those sorts of things. We're going to stay true to our guiding light and our principle is that everyone can be the expert of themselves in mm. that they need the doctor system much less and uh, that is the hard part to get investors to see that. And so, yeah, <laughs> that's the dragon. Well, that's, I mean, that's really powerful. And one of the things you let's, let's just reflect on this and have a question about this. So you're saying that one of the biggest challenges is there's a herd mentality. There is a social proof mentality. There's what is all my friends doing? Let's go follow that path. And yep. when you're talking to investors, they want to hear certain things because their, their goal is like, I want to be accepted amongst my friends and my peers and my groups, and I'm making smart investments and I'm doing things right. And so I'm doing what everybody else is doing because I've seen all these people successful and I want to be successful too. So they're willing to do whatever it is. And they're trying to get you to adopt their principles and mentalities. One of the greatest challenges, and this is actually a question I've, I've had before and I want to, and I didn't get a good answer. So I'm going to ask you this and see if you see if you can come up with this answer is one of the greatest challenges that I've seen with being an entrepreneur is knowing when to stick with your gut and what you believe to be true with your company and then when to take feedback from others, when to actually, you know, when to know them, when to fold them. And so how do you tell when, is there any indicators for you to know when you're getting feedback and you need to adjust your ways or when you need to reject that and carve your own path? How can you tell when the feedback is valid and warranted enough for you to pivot? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so for me, it's all about recognizing trends. So mm -hmm. you have to talk to enough people, and that's what most people do, is they they mm -hmm. you know they talk to like three of their friends or three investors that they come across. And what I've learned when I first started, I would talk to an investor and I would immediately change everything in my pitch deck or my presentation or the way that I talk, right? And uh, after like the 10th one, I was like, oh, but that person said that and this person said exactly opposite of that. Hmm, well, that's interesting. So at about the 50th to the 100th time of starting to talk to investors, uh, I started just recognizing global trends. What is traction to them? A lot of them are on the bandwagon right now of saying, oh, we invest in teams and we invest in traction. Great. So I have a really kick-ass team. Not only myself of like 30 years of experience and 10,000 patients and hospital systems and employee wellness programs and you know, like all of this magical stuff and we're simply taking my wisdom and turning it digital. Mm -hmm. I've got a CMO who's built a billion dollar business and 31 companies past seven figures. I've got a CTO who's like uh, insanely brilliant when it comes to everything, mixed reality, cybersecurity, like building teams. He's just done it all. He's run several companies. We have so much traction. We literally have millions of people that we've all impacted together. And the big things that people still say to us is, oh, you don't have any traction. Even though we're investing in teams, you don't have any traction. And 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 they so I've I've taken some of that as enough people have said that that okay, let's go sell some corporate solutions so that we can just prove something, even though we don't have the full thing built yet. Let's just go make some sales and we'll get those tractions. But when I first started hearing it, it was like a one-off comment. And so I didn't pay attention to it. I just make a note of it. And that's how you start to know. You have to talk to enough people to know the trends of what you're doing that people are going to start to be satisfied to overcome the objections. 
Nice. Well, that brings true um, back to the original statement of, you know, how do you change your neural pathways and your epigenetics is that you got to stand the grind for long enough in order to have an effective change. And so going through and say, okay, I'm going to meet, I'm going to do a 90 day investor challenge where I'm going to talk to an yeah. investor a day, every single day. And at the very end of that, I'm going to stay on my path and then I'm going to reflect back and then adjust. And then most people though, they'll go day one, two, three, and they'll go in, you know, they'll go in a completely different direction versus, you know, I'm going to talk to, I bet if they talk to 90 different investors, by the time they look back at that, they're like, okay, I know exactly what I need to tweak. I need to know what I need to do and need to make those adjustments. Yep. So it's, it's, it's staying on that grind long enough and, and then seeing the patterns and global changes, which I think is, I think is brilliant. Um, you know, I'll loop so, it back ninja style yeah. here cool. because I'm, because of my authentic self, I mm. can stay true to my North of knowing mm. what the concept end result is, and I don't care how I get there. So people mm. will tell me different things on the left side of the equation. People will tell me different things on the right side of the equation. And mm. I know what my true north is and my authentic self. And so I take everything into consideration, but I still keep moving forward. And that's allowed me to withstand the storm over this past year where we've gotten some investment, but not nearly enough to stand up the type of digital health company that we need. Right. And so, yeah, that is, I mean, that's a great thing is, is being dedicated to the goal, be, be flexible on the tactics. Right. And yeah. so and that's, and that's really powerful. I mean, with, so with that being said, um, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how they can get a hold of you? And just remember, you can choose your own destiny. You can be your authentic yeah. self. <laughs> okay okay that's beautiful and it's a great message and so if people want to find out more about authentic self and you and all about what you're doing how do they find you two locations mindofdave.com and just go to linkedin and search for dr david heitman dr dave heitman beautiful well uh dr dave it's been an absolute pleasure per usual um it's an honor to have you uh, come to the show and i look forward to having you on again as you're talking about and as you expand your authentic self and as you expand the company, um, I look forward to learning more about your journey. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. So thank you so much. And I'll see you on the other side. Thank you. All right, take care now. Bye, doctor. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.